Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Woohoo! Welcome to the show today. We are so happy you just joined us today. Uh, we love it that you and most of you are on this journey with us. Uh, today we have two guests, and then after our two guests, we will continue our journey through the book of John, and we are now in John chapter 5, but our two guests today is Elder David and Elder Gordon, and I'll actually start with Gordon. If you can just tell us a little bit about yourself, and thank you for being here today, Gordon. Well, uh, it's amazing. I, I've been down here in California since 1980, and the Lord's took me a, a lot of places, a lot of lot of ministries, a lot of uh, witnessing, street witnessing, and uh, uh, prison ministries. I went to with my brother, and uh, it's been exciting. I've been to hospital visitations, and uh, most mostly evangelism, and I've taken a couple couple college courses, but. Uh, my biggest thing was just uh, doing things one on one with with people. Oof, praise the Lord! Let me ask you the same question, David. Or actually, it's not a question. It's more like, give us a little history about you. Well, I was born here in California. I was uh, first seven years. I was raised in Central America, Nicaragua. That's where I get my Spanish. And uh, my grandparents were Christians, so I was raised knowing Christ and. Uh, then came back to the state and met my father, and then we went down the hill from there. But the Lord pulled me out of there, uh, I got saved when I was 16, and since then I have not stopped reading the Word, teaching the Word, being part of the Word. And every church I've ever been to, I always served. And there's I never sat down the seat, I, from putting chairs, closing windows, uh, sweeping to teaching children, teaching grown-ups, teaching groups, and just moving on. And now I'm at your church— and you allow me to be an elder and and able to lead prayer and and walk people through the scripture, and I really enjoy that. Well, praise the Lord! I, I just the next question is going to be for Gordon, and I want to remind you, Elder David, that this church belongs to Jesus. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Gordon, let me ask you a little another question. Um, well, actually, it'll be the first question. Um, you served in the military. Um, what branch and how long did you serve in the military? I, I served in uh, that when the Vietnam War was going on. I enlisted up in Portland, Oregon. I uh, uh, worked as on the deck department uh, for uh, pretty close to like th- three years, and uh, then they had uh, I did my enlistment, and then I got out. So it was the Navy. It was in the Navy. It was all over in the Vietnam era. I spent uh, uh, 75, 85% of the time over in Vietnam in 1969. How long did you serve? Uh, active duty was like three years. Well, thank you for your service. You said active duty. Yeah, because after that you have a, a, a reserve status for another like another three years. I would have had another, another four, three or four years. And then I would have totally been released from the Navy. So you're a sailor. So if, so if anything, it would have <laughs> come up, I would have been called back in. Gotcha. In that time. Thank you for your service. Uh, David, let me ask you uh, another uh, question or the first question. You actually have been an elder for some pretty large churches. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, the churches being big, everybody knows that you have to have sometimes up to seven pastors in there, and each pastor has elders under them, and then the elders have deacons. So it runs different ways, different governments and different churches. But what I learned in big churches is that uh, uh, really a church is actually the small group. If churches don't have a small group, you don't have a church. And so by investing in that is where the church grows, and I've been involved with— uh, Small groups, which uh, that's something I love to do. So you've served for two of my favorite pastors that I've uh, often listened to, and I still do occasionally when I find the time. Uh, one of them is Pastor Greg 
uh, Pastor Greg Laurie, and the other was John Corson. Yes. Um, so you lived in Oregon for a little bit. For eight, six years, I was an elder in Oregon with John Corson. I remember his asking me to be an elder, and I said, no, 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 that's okay. I'm okay with the children ministry. And by the second time, he goes, we want you to be an elder. I go, you sure you want me to be an elder? <laughs> he goes, yes. He goes, because I will you know, get involved. He goes, that's what we want. Once someone so. I got to know him. I got to know him and uh, Peter, John, Peter, John, Peter, and also uh, Ben. Uh, Peter's with the Lord now, as we know, but Ben uh, is, is there. And I, I got to be a mentor to Ben for a while when he was first starting, just kind of as an elder. But then uh, we, it, was, it was really a family ordeal when you work with the Corson family. Awesome. What about Greg Laurie? Greg Laurie, that was way back uh, in Riverside. That's when he he didn't have extension it was just one little church but he was a pretty big church and uh, i was in charge of about 30 30 people there uh leading them teaching them and um and just being committed we we, we you know got involved but the thing about that time it, it was that i was younger and very excited and and you know as you get older you start learning to be more patient learning to be more uh uh, you know, open to other people in other ways rather than the way you think. But I'm glad that the Lord made me go through this journey so I could grow and and at this juncture, you know, be a service to your church. Well, again, it's the church of God. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> I say our church, the, the our body, the body of Christ. There you, you know. go. I like that. <laughs> I'll say the body of Christ. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, Gordon, you've been an elder at our church for how long? Um, shoot, probably about two years. Two pretty, years now. Pretty, pretty I think it's a little longer than a that. Longer. I think you've been an elder for about almost three years mm-hmm. now. Um, you've been amazing. You have this natural gift that I've noticed from you. You always know when someone is hurting mm-hmm. or someone needs prayer. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Well, um, I've been in a, in a few prayer meetings. You know, during my Christian uh, walk, and uh, I, you know, the the Lord had a compassion for people, right? And and I want what the Lord has, and we want we want to uh, uh, navigate our walk in in uh, after the Lord. Amen. And we we want to when somebody when the Holy Spirit will tell you when somebody needs prayer. And and if you don't if you don't react, you to me it's like you're turning your back on the Lord. So I let Him guide me, because because He knows exactly what where I need to be and what I need to say, and and uh, He helps me. Amen. Because He He knows more than I do. Amen. Well said. And I love that you have that gift because there's always people hurting and. Uh, whenever we have like a call for prayer after the service on Sundays, people don't usually come who are in need. And it's great that you have that gift where you're able to go to someone and pray for them. Thank you for that. Um, David, let me ask you another question. Um, you've been married now how long? 36 years. 36 years. Congratulations. Thank you. And how old are you? I am 58. Fantastic. Yeah, we um, met when we were 19 at, at college. Beautiful. So are there times when you and your wife are both serving um, in, in ministries? You know, uh, uh, there's uh, everyone has a ministry, you know, and my wife, her ministry always been a mother and, and a wife. She's been, her ministry is, at, is, is being my wife. I say that because uh, not only that, she also been a prayer prayer warrior behind anything I have done or uh, doing. Um, my wife has never been a front person. She never felt like she you know she worked with me with the children. She's good with children, but uh, other than that, she's always been supportive with me in anything I'm in in the ministry. So without her, I, I will not be here. I'm telling you that that's the fact. That's very uh, gracious to you for you to say because it is important to have a wife that backs what God has given you. And that's amazing. You know, and I've met your wife and she's a wonderful lady and you are very blessed to have um, 
her as a wife. Remember, I, I think that it was wise that I got real uh, wise counsel by older men when I was younger, and they say, "Would you know? Do not compromise, David. You got to get a godly woman, someone who loves the Lord and is puts her put the Lord first. If you do that, your home's going to be you know set and found uh, good foundation. And guess what? My, when I come home, there's peace. We both read the word. We both in, in tune and everything, you know, these years. And it's all because Christ is center. And I'm, that was the best advice. Anyone who's out there who's thinking of getting married or, or dating or anything, make sure do not compromise. Must be 100% a believer, one who loves the Lord, one who walks with the Lord, one who puts God first, even before you. You know, she had to put God before me. And I knew, okay, this is the one that's going to, Raise my children. This is Amen. the one who's going to be my, you know, take care of my home. So, Amen. Gordon, yeah. you also have a, a very supportive wife. Tell us a little bit about your relationship with your wife. Well, um, when I met her, she was, I, I did work in the harbor, you know, pile driving. And when I get off work, I knew she was in the choir. So they had choir rehearsal That's on, awesome. uh, on Mondays. So I'd go up there and listen to the music. And she'd come down the aisle, and she'd go sit by herself, not say anything. And i just scoot it out of my chair and go over and sit by her and say, how you doing? <laughs> What's going on? And then I, I kept doing that. I, and when i go back to work, I'd go down to Harbor, Long Beach and stuff and go back to work and come back to church on a Monday. But I, but I went there all kinds of Bible study when I was single like that. Amen. But uh, And then I asked her to... Uh, a church banquet, and she kind of hesitated, and she said, well, I'll go home and think about it. I said, well, you know, consider it a date or something, you know. And so I went and got some threads and put them on, suit, and uh, we ended up going to, you know, the dinner. Amen. It was a big dinner down in Long Beach, and I'm glad she did. So, and from there and there, it, everything took off. Amen. That's, that's wonderful. You uh, are... Very blessed because it's very common that men, um, single men, will look at somebody in the choir. And you actually got to marry somebody from the choir. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Praise the Amen. Lord. Um, David, let me ask you another question. Um, what inspires you to serve the Lord? Wow, what a question. I, I, I believe that. It's a confirmation constantly on the Word of God. When I'm reading the Word of God, I, I just see the truth being being. I feel honored to have my eyes open to know the truth and reading it. And and when I see this world being chaotic and don't know absolute truth and don't know where's right and what's wrong, I I I think that knowing the truth and being free, set free from anything else, has been my motivation. It's just is uh, is is knowing that the work of Christ is still continuing. It is not finished with me. And the day I got saved at 16, even today, um, um, God is still working with me. And, and, and like He like the promise says, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Uh, he'll never give us more than we can handle. Uh, in every way of uh, temptation, he'll make a way of escape. He said, t t "Turn my burdens to him, and he'll t he'll take him from me." And and I could go on and on and all the promises, and everyone has been true in my life. So I think that that's the faithfulness of the Lord has kept me faithful because, you know, um, there's nothing nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. Neither tribulation, nor distress, no persecution, no famine, no nakedness, no peril, no Come sword. On, preach as it is written, <laughs> for that I say we'll kill all the day long. We're counted sheep for the slaughter. You know. So that's where I stand. That I know I'm. I'm I am pr fully persuaded. Hey Amen. I, I think you're very blessed. You uh, you lead a, a, an open Bible study on Thursday, and you also lead a prayer group on Friday. And what time is your uh, your Bible study on Thursdays? The, the Thursday Bible study and prayer night. They both start at exactly at seven, and this and they're over by eight at at, at in Oceanside at the Cross. Hey Amen. What's the address at, 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 at the cross, Gordon? It's uh, 1221 um, 20, El Camino Rio. 2112. 2112 El Camino <laughs> Rio. Okay, you're going to okay. be in a lot of trouble now. <laughs> Great job, Gordon. Um, gosh, you know, it was so amazing to have you both here today with us. And 
Um, it's just <laughs> a blessing. And I'm going to end with one more question because we have the latter part of our show. And if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas. Uh, we've just been interviewing uh, two of our elders from at the Cross Oceanside, Gordon and my brother David. And I love these men. And they are they will go out of their way to literally bless people. Let me end with this last question for both of you. Um, how did you encounter your Lord? And we just have a little bit of time. So what was your encounter? It was an idea that if I didn't change, I would turn out like my dad. My dad died in jail. My grandfather died in jail. And I go, if I'm walking the same path, path they did, and I needed something greater than myself, and I say, okay, I'm going to give this a chance. And if it's real, it'll change me. If it's not, I'll go back. And guess what? I never let turn back, and I just walking straight, you know, to the kingdom. Amen. Same question. Well, how was your encounter with the Lord? I, uh, uh, ever since I was a kid, I've, I've always, when I, I lived with my aunts and uncles, and they all kind of, you know, just believed in the Lord. You know, they said, you know. So I went to Sunday school periodically, went to vacation Bible schools periodically, and I never give my, you know, but my brother came up to Oregon one time. Well, I commercial fished out of Oregon for um, eight years. And he came up there with his wife on a vacation from California. And he asked me, I, I was working on a boat. We hauled it out on the marine ways. We're doing the bottom. He come up. He figured out where I was at. Uh, and uh, he got me to ask the Lord in my heart. Wow. So I, I asked the Lord in my heart. And this was in 1978. And it took kind of like two years before it resonated, really. And I and I knew, and I went through a divorce, and I knew I wanted to give my life to the Lord, and I wanted to get away from Oregon. My brother was down here going through Bible college, and uh, so I just said, forget it, you know. And, and so I left. I knew I wanted a new start, and I knew I wanted to give my life to the Lord, and that's what I did. I Amen. I did this direction. That's beautiful. I, I love it how we all have different stories um, when we encounter God. And I want to thank you both very much for taking the time and coming to this show, Freedom with Adam Riojas. I love you, men. And if you just tuned in, we are about to go into this wonderful study in the book of John, John chapter 5. Um, if you've been listening, you heard these amazing men who are elder, elders and have been on an incredible journey with the Lord. And as we begin chapter 5, it starts off like this. Chapter 5, verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, what's really interesting about this very first verse is that they don't really know um, what was the feast that they were uh, literally uh, at was at hand. Now, what's really amazing to me is that had it been the Passover, and it probably was, but we just don't know, uh, we would know that Jesus' ministry lasted three and a half years. Now, most scholars believe that, but we just don't know. Either way, it was between three to three and a half years. And if this was that feast, Jesus' ministry lasted three and a half years. And it's, and as we know, it was one of the most powerful things that had happened up to date in the history of mankind. Verse 2 says this, Now, there is at Jerusalem, uh, by the sheep market, a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethsaida, having five porches. You know what's really amazing that, uh, about this little story is that several years ago, they did some excavations, and guess what? They found this exact area where this pool was at, and this is mind-boggling to me, how they found the five porches 
that the Bible is speaking about now. You know, that is powerful. That just confirms that this was an event that actually took place, that Scripture is 100% correct. It's beautiful how the rocks cry out, Jesus, especially in the land of Israel. And as we continue this story, verse 3 says, In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. It's an incredible story. You know that some of the interpreters and some of the versions, early versions, took this out. Some of the newer versions as well took this out because this moving of the water was too spectacular or to them seemed like a myth. But it's in Scripture. And if this story was not true, because all of the Bible versions have 5-7, it means that 5-7 shouldn't be be there either. But it just confirms that this story is an actual story that historically took place. All these folks hanging out, waiting for this angel to move. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water or moved it. And whosoever then first after the troubling or the moving the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever the seas he had. You know, I think about this pool and to me it's so prophetic. And let me tell you why. Because somebody on the scene showed up where they no longer had to wait for an angel to move, but for the Messiah to show up to this mysterious place where the angel would stir the water and whoever walked in would be made whole. Now, I want you to, to for a moment, stop and, and see what Scripture says about stuff that doesn't make sense to a lot of folks. Now, the Bible is very clear. Some were healed by purified uh, pot of stew in the Old Testament, 2 Kings 4, 38 to 41. Now, Naaman was healed by washing in the Jordan River, 2 Kings 5, 10 to 14. As a matter of fact, when he was told by the prophet to go into the Syria, he said, isn't there any cleaner water anywhere else? Why would I want to dip down into this place? But his own folks, the Assyrians told him, hey, if they told you to go somewhere here, would you have gone? And he agreed. So he went there and he was healed. One was healed by touching the bones of Elisha. Second Kings 13, 20 to 21. Some were healed when the shatter appeared. Uh, the shatter of Peter fell upon them. And we can see that in scripture. Acts 5, 14 to 16. Some were healed when Paul's handkerchiefs were laid upon them. Acts 19, 11 to 12. Now, know this, that God can and does do things in, the, in unexpected ways, but something isn't necessarily from God simply because it, it is in an unexpected or unusual way. God is the God of miracles. The Bible is very clear that all good things come from above. The story continues in John uh, verse 5, uh, chapter 5, 5, where it says, A certain man was there which had infirmity 38 years, was just simply waiting. Some waited for a more convenient season. Some wait for dreams and visions. Some wait for signs and wonders. Some wait to be compelled, some wait for revival, some wait for particular feelings, some wait, some are waiting for a celebrity. Let me tell you something right now that you don't need to wait any longer. You can call on Jesus and he will do the miraculous for you. Jesus can heal you. Jesus 
can save you. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that God can bless you miraculously. God loves you. God can do whatever your heart desires today if it is something that will glorify the Lord. Are you sick? You need healing. Are you addicted? You need deliverance. Are you in need of something that no one knows about? Today, Jesus can do that for you. Jesus can do that for you. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option that values constitutional rights and medical freedom, serving ages 3 through 6th grade. Hosted by At the Cross Church in Oceanside, they offer in-person classes and electives Tuesday through Thursday, along with the classical conversation community offering foundations and essentials on Mondays. And they're now accepting applications for fall 2022. Visit them online at atthecrossoceanside.com. That's atthecrossoceanside.com. Welcome back. This is Freedom with Adam Riojas as we continue with our discourse in the book of John chapter 5. And we were just reading about how these people were all waiting for the angel to stir the water. And, And listen, you don't have to wait for any angel. You don't have to wait for tomorrow Today is a day of salvation. Today is the day that God can do the miraculous for you. And as we continue in verse 6, it says this. When Jesus saw him, uh, well, let me go back so that you can understand. In verse 5, it says, A certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. This man had been waiting and waiting for the Messiah, for someone that could do something for him. Imagine being sick and being down for 38 years. You know, none of us know how this happened, how he ended up in this stage. He may have fallen off of a tree. Uh, he may have uh, got a disease and something happened to him. But it had been 38 years. He had been waiting. And I don't know if he was there all of these 38 years. I'm pretty sure he was there at least, I'm going to say, at least the last 20 years waiting for this miraculous miracle to happen in his life. But somehow he couldn't get down there. And verse 6 says this, When Jesus saw him lie and knew he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will thou be made whole? The question is, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be healed? Listen, that question can be posed to you. Are you tired of being tired? Are you tired of being addicted? Are you tired of being sick? Are you tired of being hopeless? Are you tired of having no future? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus now responds and says unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Jesus is saying that to you. Rise up right now. Call on me. Believe me. And I 
will change your life. The Bible is very clear. If any man be in Christ, he is new, a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become or are new. From this point on, Jesus can make everything new. Listen, we are still going to have trials and we're still going to have tribulations. But you now have a direct line with God. You now have someone who can do the miraculous spiritually and physically. Spiritually and physically. We need to rely on his word. We need to read and look for a promise that we can apply and say, God, your word says this. Look what happens in verse 9. Immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the Sabbath day, this took place, or it was the Sabbath day. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured. It is a Sabbath day. This is religious people, the Pharisees of that time. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. What are you doing? You're breaking the Sabbath. He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. You no longer have to listen to religious people. You no longer have to be condemned if you are taking heed and want Jesus in your life. It now becomes a personal relationship when you say, Jesus, come into my heart. When you're obedient to the call, the Bible is clear. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of your deliverance. Then ask they him, what man is that which saith unto you, take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed knew not who it was. For Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Listen, this man had been sick for 38 years. He now was made whole. His faith was in this water to move, and he wanted to be the first one. But he was confronted by the Messiah, by God himself. Jesus, who says, do you want to be made whole? I would be just like the man. Forget what the religious people say. I want to hear from God. He gets up and goes. He believed him. Jesus' words were so powerful that he took him for his word. He wanted his miracle. He wanted to be healed. That may be you today. You may be listening. You may have heard from others, religious people, for lack of better words, that have told you you'll never be healed. You'll never change. You'll always be a loser. You're hopeless. You have no future. Jesus is saying, get up. Get up. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold! Thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. Lest a worse thing come upon thee. Listen, if you just join, this is freedom with Adam Riojas. And we have just been reading about a man who had just been made whole after being bound for 38 years. You may find yourself in that same position. He is now confronted by Jesus and he says, sin no more lest a worse thing come unto thee. Can you imagine what would be worse than being sick or feeble for 38 years? I would take heed. Sin no more. And that just simply means don't practice your sin anymore. You've been healed. You're a new, a new creation. You are a new person. You are born again. You are a childlike person. And we all know that a child listens to the parents. 
When we're older, it's difficult to do that because we're set on our ways. That's why Jesus says, you must be born again. 15, 5, John 5, 15 says this, the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. I would have no problem saying Jesus made me whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hereto, and I work. At that point, Jesus made himself equal with God by saying that he was his father. That's why there's books, religious books, that tell you that God has no son. A Middle Eastern religion, without naming names, will tell you that God has no son. See, to say that God was your father and to say you were the son of God made you equal with God. And Jesus had no problem saying that. Later on in scripture, in the same book of John, in John 10, verse 30, we see Jesus say this, I and the Father are one. And when the Jews heard that, they took up stones to kill him. And verse 32 says, Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my Father. For which of these works do you stone me? The Jews answered, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. Because thou being a man, makest thyself God. They knew that he was making himself to be God. Jesus never denied that. He said in John chapter 8, he he literally took on deity and he made it very clear before Abraham was I am. Remember the discourse with Moses in the burning bush when he spoke to that angel. Angel meant messenger. That was Jesus. I am. I am sent, is sending you. The Jews therefore said, it is not written in your law. I said, you are gods. If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, the scripture cannot be broken. They wanted to stow him, stone him, Because in verse 33 says, you're a man and you make yourself out to be God. And that was the exact thing that Jesus was saying to them in chapter 5. My father worketh and herein I work. He says, we've never stopped working. Creation was done. Remember, it was six days of creation. He rested on the sixth day and it wasn't like he was tired. He stopped. He seized from his work. The Sabbath was was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, in verse 18, therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him. In verse in John 5 18, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God with his father, making himself equal with God. Jesus is God. You can't be saved if you don't believe Jesus is God. If you have a hard time with that, Scripture is very clear who Jesus was. Micah, in in the Old Testament, in chapter 5, it says that he's from eternity. Isaiah says that he's the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He also says that a virgin would conceive and bear a child and call his name Emmanuel. Matthew cleared it up. Emmanuel means God with us. Then answered the Jews in John chapter 5, verse 19, and said unto them, Barely, barely, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but that he that seeth the Father do, for that, for what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. He's the perfect representation of, of the Father. And you can also read that, what I just said in Hebrews chapter 1. For the Father loveth the Son and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. 
One of the last miracles that Jesus did was raise somebody from the dead, Lazarus, who had been dead for days. Greater things. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth them and makes them alive, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. He makes alive whom he will. For the Father judges no man, but hath committed all judgments unto the Son. The Son has equal power. They are one. That all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, which hath sent him. Barely, barely, I say unto you, he that heareth my word, this is Jesus, and believeth on him that sent him, the Father, has everlasting life. Are you wanting to live forever? I I had an epiphany the other day. I said, I don't want to live forever on earth. I I don't want to be immortal. I want to be with the Father. I'm tired of hurting sometimes. I'm tired of, of crying sometimes when the pain comes upon me, when I think of all memories. I don't want to be like that. Only the Father can give you everlasting Father. He will give you a brand new body. Scripture is very clear. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And the word continues, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You can be assured of that. Listen, if you just tuned in, this is freedom with Adam Riojas as we're going through Scripture, and Jesus now is speaking to the religious leaders and telling them about the authority that he has with his father. We read earlier that in John chapter 10, 30, that him and the father are one. Verse 25 of John 5 says this, Barely, barely, I say unto you, the hour is coming, now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Just like when he called Lazarus, and he called him by name because I believe that in, in, in chapter 11, when he calls Lazarus out of the grave, he would have says, get up, arise, that all the dead would have come out. He called him by name. He was specific and Lazarus comes out. But there is a day that he's calling all those that have died in him back to himself. For as the father hath life in himself, so hath given to the Son to have life in himself and hath given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. They shall hear his voice and come and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. This is at the end. Everyone is coming. And and again, I believe that when he called Lazarus out of the grave, he called him by name, or they would all thought it's time, let's go, let's give him our, let's tell him why we deserve everlasting life. Once you pass from this life, There are no second chances. Today is a day of salvation. Today you can be one of those that hears his voice because this is the reality. We all have a date with death. And it's a choice. Heaven or hell are a choice. A no choice is hell. A choice to receive everlasting life And this amazing peace that surpasses all understanding is a choice to be with Jesus. Verse 30 says this, I can of my own self do nothing as I hear. I judge and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. He was here to honor his Father. 
He was conveying to them that he had equality with God in authority. And somehow they were missing that point. That may be you today. You may not think that Jesus is God. You may think that he was just a prophet or another good man. He claimed to be God. God could only redeem. He was the only one that could redeem man back to himself. And he did it despite knowing that he had to go to a cross. Jesus died for your sins. And if you can't accept that, then you've made your choice. But it's very clear, as long as you're alive, you can be like that thief on the cross. You can call on Jesus right before you die. But I want to, I want to make it easy for you. You don't have to wait for that day. Your life can begin today. Your everlasting life can begin today. Your hope and your future can be restored right now. Jesus, come into my heart. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose on the third day. Be my God, be my Lord, be my Savior. Mean that with your heart and that seals a deal. Your life is restored. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. 532 in John says this, There is another that beareth witness of me, and I know that witness which he witnesses of me is true. Ye sent unto John, and he bear witness unto the truth. Now, here's what's amazing for me, is that in Isaiah chapter 40, it clearly tells us who John was. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, he prepare ye the way of the Lord. That word Lord is Jehovah. Who was he preparing the way for? Jesus, Jehovah. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. That word God is Elohim. It's plural name for God. In the beginning, God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. That word is plural. Let us make man in our image. That word is plural. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They were all there. When the world was created, when the universe was created. That's what John did. 534 says this, but I received not testimony from man, but these things I say that you might be saved. He was a burning and a shining light. He wasn't the light though, folks. And you were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than that of John for the works which the father hath given me to finish the same works that I do bear witness to me that the Father has sent me. 37 says this, and the Father himself which hath sent me hath borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape, and you have not his word abide in you from whom he had sent him you believe not. It's Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's believing in Jesus. John 5, 38 says this, Search the scripture, for in them you think you have eternal life. They are there which testify me. He's given credence to the Old Testament, to, to the books that Moses wrote, to the books that the prophets wrote. Search them, for they speak of Jesus, and you have not come unto me that you might live. I receive not the honor from men, but I know you that you have not the love of God in you. The love of God in you. Do you want that love in you? Jesus, come into my heart. Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and know that he can bless you. I am come in my Father's name and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, even Moses, in whom you trust. Those are the first five books that Moses wrote. And that's what he's speaking about. Moses, the Torah, the scriptures that you, that you read, they accuse you religious leaders. This isn't about religion today. This is about having a relationship with Creator. For had you believed Moses, the first five books of Scripture, 
you would have believed me for he wrote of me. Moses wrote of Jesus. But if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? How can you believe his words? Today is a day of salvation. Today you can call on Jesus because Jesus loves you. Listen, if you just tuned in, we are about to close. We've had some wonderful guests today, and we just read what Scripture talks about. And it was just the redemptive power of God. See, and as we close up right now, there's an opportunity for you to be saved. And I am going to have one of our earlier guests today, Elder David from At The Cross Oceanside, closes in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord God, knowing that the Spirit of God is right now moving upon many people out there listening to the Word. I pray, Lord God, as this seed been planted, as we've been watering, that you do the increase, Lord God. Stir up men and women that hear this Word, Lord God. Give them hope. Give them the faith. Give them that courage to call upon you, Lord God, because you would not reject anyone who calls upon you while there is daytime, Lord. I thank you, Father, for working. I thank you for answering these prayers. I thank you for the Word not going void. It will accomplish that which is called to do, Lord Jesus. And so we thank you and we dedicate this time to you. And we ask you, Lord God, that as we continue giving this ministry in this in the book of John, that you will bless it, that you increase it, and you make it flourish, Lord God, with souls being saved and those come more to the kingdom. We, we want to celebrate even now, Lord God, in faith that you have called each one of these people. And we thank you, Lord God, for answering this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you. Thank you for tuning in on this program today. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas.